everyone. Uh, welcome to the Macworld podcast. Um, I am Macworld's Associate Managing Editor, Leah Yamshan, and I'm joined today by Macworld's um, staff writer, Michael Simon, out in Connecticut. Hi, Mike. Hello. Good morning. Oh, good afternoon, actually. We're a little late today. Yeah, it's it's officially like seven minutes till the afternoon here in okay. California, too. So, yes, afternoon. Uh, and we're also joined by our producer, Dan. What's up, Dan? Good morning. And uh, you may notice that our main host, Mr. Roman Loyola, is out today. The Filipino um, Wolverine. The Filipino Wolverine, <laughs> as some may, some may say. Uh, he's out sick today. So we are soldiering on without him, yeah. but hopefully we're going to go off the rails. We, it's going to, yeah, we, it'll, we'll see what happens. This is gonna, an experiment. It's an experiment. Yeah. You know, we'll do our best to, to fill his Wolverine shoes and hopefully we'll catch him next week. He has fast so. healing abilities. Oh, so yeah. he, he should, should be, be back definitely by next should week. Be fine. Right? I'm surprised he even really needs the day. Yeah. Con- <laughs> considering. Yeah, he, he needs an injection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just a reminder, we are live um, on Facebook and Twitter via Periscope right now. So if anybody out there who's watching our feed, um, please feel free to chime in in the comments if you have any questions um, or anything that you want to add to our discussion today. So um, since it's been it's been a little slow this week in terms of Apple news, um, just the calm before iPhone X. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly uh, we're still on for October twenty seventh as the pre order date, and that's you know that's just coming right up. That's is it next Friday? Week from Friday. Week so, from Friday. So it, yeah. Maybe we're it's more like the eye of the storm because the there was right it's of like kind of it's going to hit us again when we come through the other side it sure is yeah. iphone 8 and then the calm and then iphone 10 yeah. exactly yeah it's like this like we've had a bit of breathing room but it's all just fake because pretty soon you know it's like a false sense of security but we're going to yeah. be having more more fun stuff to be talking about real soon um so we do have a bit of like personal news though i guess uh Dan has decided to switch from his iPhone 5 S to what you, what'd you pick? So I am right now uh, testing out, I guess you could say, uh, the V30, LG's V30. Um, I, I don't know if I'm like committed to it because you know this uh-huh. is a work phone, so I get to borrow it and try it out. Uh, and my 5S pretty much died, so I was kind of forced oh. into it. Uh, but I figured this is like the good opportunity to to see what Android is like before the 10 comes out, and then I can see what the 10's like, and then make my decision. Um, yeah, good idea. So, what? Do you- How long have you been using it for? Um, basically, about four or five days since okay. you know starting kind of Friday, mm-hmm. effectively. Um, yeah, it's it's very different. You know, it kind of racks your brains when, you know, switching to Android. You feel like uh, everything feels wired so differently that your head is just like trying to like figure out where things are and you feel like, you know, you're much older than you actually are. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my my parents feel like when they when they get a new phone. Uh-huh. In, in defense of Android users, most people feel that way when they use an LG phone. So it's okay. Wow. Oh. They do things a little LG. bit differently. 
Okay, what does LG do differently from other well, Android they, they have their, um, it's a UX, I think it's 6.0 that they're using. And it's, um, you know, all these manufacturers have, have their own spin on things. Uh, Samsung has their um, TouchWiz, which is now called the Samsung Experience. Google's phone uses the relatively stock Android 8. And Motorola has also pretty close to stock, but it's a little bit different. But everyone kind of has their own spin. And LG definitely does their own thing. They have, on the, on the V30, they have a little bar that you can, you can use. I don't know, maybe, Dan, maybe you've turned it off. But there's a little bar of shortcuts that kind of floats around the screen that you can use. Yeah. The settings is, you know, a little bit differently. You can put icons on the screen or use an app drawer, but you have to find out where that is. It comes... It comes preloaded with apps all over the screen, yeah. which is different for Android. So they they, they kind of go their own way. Um, I, I have a V30. I, I have a pre-production V30 still that I'm um, waiting to get the, um, the the shipping version. And uh, I I like it. I mean, I have some issues with it, but um, overall, I think it's a good screen. Uh, I mean, sorry, a, a good phone. Of, of note, it's LG's first OLED screen in a, in a flagship phone. Mm. They used LCDs like Apple before now. And there's some issues, you know, we read, um, the, uh, the, the pixel two reviews came out, uh, yesterday and a few of them talked about the pixel two XLs display, having some color accuracy issues and some bleeding issues. And that's an LG display. And that's, that's, you know, my experience with the, with the V30 as well with the one I have. So, um, Dan has, how has the screen been for you? Um, the screen isn't the greatest, um, right. but it's, you know, it's, Better than my 5s. Um, sure, you know, it's definitely a larger screen. Um, do you do you like the size difference, the bigger one or the smaller one? I think it's too big. Yeah, um, it's a big. It's, it's six inches. It's a it's a big screen. It's yeah. big screen. My my like one handed. I can't really you know do a lot of stuff with one hand. It feels like the bottom part is not very accessible. Hmm. And then when I'm you know in bed at night, um, it's just so large that you know like my arms get tired. Of pulling. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a first world problem i know but maybe i have to work out at the gym just to hold my phone yeah just uh, do, do some like bicep curls with the phone yeah some like presses you know what i mean so i, I feel like I, yeah i need some kind of holder <laughs> for bed or something hmm. um is there any kind of like reachability feature on the phone there is i haven't tried it out yet uh-huh. um but either way i feel like you know even playing games where i'm used to like being able to like quickly jump around my fingers have to move a lot more, you know, and, and I'm someone who like, you know, on my mouse, I, I do like a crazy high sensitivity. So like I can move it like, you know, half an inch and it goes across the screen. Got it. So I'm used to that, you know, that kind of a, you know, uh, style. Mm-hmm. That kind of like responsiveness. Exactly. Got it. So it's, it's definitely. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a big jump to go from a four inch screen to a six inch mm-hmm. one. That's, that's, that's massive. Yeah. So it's probably too big. It's also a different um, ratio. It, that's an 18 by 9 screen, whereas the the uh, iPhone, all of the iPhones except for the 10, are is a uh, 16 by 9. So mm. it's taller and a little narrower. So the the your your screen your, your finger actually has more room to go up, you know, to 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 reach the top. So yeah, that's going to take some getting used to if you stick with that phone. Yeah, and I will say because it's um, all you know all screen on the front. Um, I miss the home button. Oh, you do. You know, uh, the you know, like the but the button on the bottom is not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not always there. You mm-hmm. know, so I'm I'll be you curious. Can, 
I mean, the good thing about Android is you can customize those things. So if you want it to stay on all the time, you can set it to, and you know, that, that's, that's the, the major benefit of Android is if there's something that you don't like, you can generally fix it to your liking. LG is weird because they put the power button on the back. The first time I got yeah. one, I, I, I took me like two minutes to turn <laughs> this thing on. I couldn't figure out what the power button was. Yeah. But I, I like I, I like the tap to wake. That's that's a good feature. Yeah, there's definitely things I like like that. But, you know, I feel like because every Android phone is so different, that yeah. like, you know, if I, if, say you stick to Android and then you switch Android phones, it's kind of like all different all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, whether the layout, the buttons are all different. Um, Which some people may like because it keeps things like interesting. You know, mm-hmm. you get to try it's, out. It's, it's like a treasure hunt. Every yeah. Time you get phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm old. I I like, you know, I've, I've become curmudgeon. I like, you know, what I like. Mm-hmm. And do you like the iPhone? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I miss a lot of things. Um, but it'll be curious with no home button. You know, what happened? You know, the iPhone 10, they're not going to have a home button. Yeah. So. Uh, and there's not even, it's not even the same type of virtual home button. Like they're really throwing you into this whole new navigation thing mm-hmm. with that little mini slider at the bottom, mm-hmm. and you're you're doing a lot of more navigating than tapping on on on, on to you know to uh, to get between screens. So there's definitely going to be a learning curve, um, even for someone who's had an iPhone for for ten years. It's 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 going to be vastly different yeah. than what we're used to. I think a lot of people are going to hate it at first to I think the so point too, of. Yeah. I don't know if they would go so far as to return the phone, but um, yeah, that's something to like really, really think about if you're considering the iPhone 10. Yeah, so. I, I can almost see the first uh, review headlines now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for me, it's almost like, you know, it really puts into perspective, like maybe the 8, you know, maybe I still want, you know, what mm-hmm. the 8 has. Um, and this phone also has face unlock feature. Oh, yeah. so and I, I, you know, I was kind of thinking about it about be how afraid, like be very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how like the first uh, iPhones that had like you know the fingerprint unlock, how how bad that unlock was. Like you know, sometimes it wouldn't unlock. Imagine if that's how bad the face unlock feature gets. Yeah, have I you? Mean, I, oh, you talking about the iPhone? The, like the iPhone was the five. I think it was the five S. Yeah, was the five S. I don't. I don't know if I'd call it bad. It, it has wasn't improved. as good as it was today. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't like horror. It was still pretty good. Yeah, but uh, there were definitely I, times where it like there were issues, wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, and you would have mm-hmm. to kind of reconfigure it. But then yeah. when the six came out, and they're like, "Oh, we've improved," you know, right. Touch yeah. ID, and it was so much faster, and it's just gotten like and, better and yeah, better with each it was iPhone. Like lightning fast. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see where this first version of Face Unlock, you know, yeah. starts off for Apple, right? Yeah. How is it on the LG? Um, not the best. Okay. I think, you know, it, you know, sometimes it doesn't recognize, sometimes it does. Um, and then I would also say that like, you know, if you're wearing sunglasses, then you have to take off your sunglasses. There's all these little things. Uh, Humper, Nick says, we keep, we keep interrupting, uh, Leah. Yeah. Thank you. Humper Nicks. Is that who it was? Thank (laughs) you for pointing that out. No, I think. Part of it is that Mike and I just start talking at the same time, so it's it can't be helped. I don't think it's intentional, but thank you for pointing that slides. out. Everybody should give me my space. To speak. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot of space today without Roman there. I do. This yeah. is true. Spread out on that whole desk. It's true. <laughs> um, and then uh, 
Humpernix also says you can customize ROMs in Android phones. Yeah. So what? I mean, what it, you you need to really know what you're doing and use a terminal, and it's a, it's a whole thing. Mm. But yeah, that's people do. You know, you can you can do lots of things with these phones that you can't do. But then again, you can unbreak an you you, you can break an iPhone, so it's similar to that. Yeah. But it's still a little bit more sophisticated on Android. And our video direct our other video director Adam. He uses uh, a scanner. I don't know what you would call it, called Nova, uh, Nova something. Um, but then it kind of you can control your whole layout, all the buttons, and then you could save that. So if you switch to another Android, then you could do that. And I think Google also, or Google also has something like that. Yeah, uh, you're, you're talking about a, uh, a launcher. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the uh, the the Nova is one of the more popular ones, and they offer it. It brings a ton of customization to icons and to the grid and to gestures and to things that you can do. And yeah, Google Google has one for the Pixel as well. That's um, that's more um, geared toward their phone. That's not nearly as customizable or even at all. It just adds a couple of things that um, stock Android doesn't have on top of um, on top of the uh, normal Oreo interface. Because I li- I like that idea. Uh, you know, because then if you yeah, do definitely. switch phones, it's it's already set up. You know, like mm-hmm. Apple, it's like, oh, you go to a new phone, you basically know where everything is. Mm-hmm. Um, but with you know Android, especially if you're switching from you know you know phone maker to phone maker, it's it's so different. Yeah. So that that could be annoying. Yeah, and if there was something you really liked about your last phone, you can kind of port those things over yeah. to your new phone with this. And it, it also brings features that aren't available. Like they had like uh, uh, badge icons in the Nova Launcher forever, whereas the regular Android version did not. So you know they, it, it brings new features and things. It's 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 cool. Yeah, uh, launchers are are pretty awesome in Android. But a fa- face ID on the V30 is not anywhere near as secure or sophisticated as Apple claims it is on the iPhone mm. X. Yeah, it's really just using the camera, the regular camera. There's no depth sensing. There's no learning there. It's just. This is you, and I noticed some features, and now I'm going to unlock. So it's spoofable. Yeah, it actually warns you against using it when you turn it on. Really? Yeah, it says, you know, this isn't as secure as your fingerprint or the retina or, um, or the uh, obviously, a, a pin code. Interesting. Uh, uh, LG also has a, um, an audio unlock on the V30. Mm-hmm. So you can say, like, unlock my phone, and it'll unlock, but... Uh, I, I literally recorded myself saying unlock my phone and I was able to unlock my phone doing that. So that is super unsecure. Oh, you played a recording of yeah, your... Yeah, on a different phone and I just pressed play and then oh, it man. my phone. So that is not something that unless you, you know, you're not going to leave the house, I wouldn't turn that on. We should try to, try to capture you saying multiple sentences and then stitch them and see if we can unlock your phone with that. Yeah. yeah. I, it, I mean, it, it, I, I bet it would. It's, it, it wasn't secure in the slightest. It, didn't, it doesn't learn inflection or anything. It's just your tone and what you're saying. Yeah, I don't see Apple uh, trying that with like, uh, hey, yeah. Siri, unlock my phone or anything like that. Right, I don't I, think so. Yeah. No. <laughs> and a nominal uh, on what is this? Uh, this is Twitter. Says rumor is that the new iPhone 10 will be using an older or last year's OLED screen from Samsung. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I mean we haven't t- taken a look at it, but um, I'm I've read rumors that it's uh, first it was LG, and then yeah, it, the the most recent rumors is that Samsung is 
um, manufacturing it. And yes, it is, you know, I guess last year's screen, but, you know, Apple does pretty remarkable things with plain old LCD screens. So, you know, I don't think we should judge it based on what we're looking at in the Galaxy S7, which was a great screen in its own right. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Samsung makes fantastic screens, way better than LG. Better, probably the best OLED smartphones in the business. They're they're fantastic. And, the you know, the S8 is, you know, brighter and better than the S7. But, you know, it's what Apple does with it once it gets its hands on the part. It's just a screen. It's You know, Apple will do their Apple things with the software and um, the you know the uh, the the back the the, uh, the the lighting and whatever they do to it to make it what we see. Mm-hmm. So we can't really judge until we get our hands on it. Yeah, and it still will be a jump from LCD. And uh, the fact that Apple is going to be using last year's uh, OLED screen, or I mean, I guess we don't know for sure, but if yeah. that rumor is true, that probably has something to do with the production cycle. Because if they were, if Samsung was having to use the same, you know, material and technology for all of the screens out there, that would just cause like more of a delay on this phone. So I think it's to our advantage as consumers that, um, that, and if you look at the, uh, the Apple watch is what, three years old now and. That's a fantastic OLED mm-hmm. screen. I mean, granted, it's only two inches, but <laughs> it's you know it's yeah. like you can't see where the display ends and the and the uh, and the, the the watch body begins. The the colors are crisp and, and all kinds of light. I mean, they did a fantastic job with that. So um, I'm expecting pretty cool things from the iPhone 10 screen. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see. You know, OLED is tricky. You know, as we saw with the Pixel 2 reviews, they were. You know, John um, John Phillips, our um, editor in chief, reviewed, and he didn't have any issues with the screen. But other people did. I mean, it's 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 not easy to get right, and it's not easy to get uniform across. You know, uh, f- how many phones are going to ship? Fifty million phones. So, um, we'll, we'll we'll see what their first crack at a six inch or close to six inch um, OLED screen is. Yeah. So I I have two questions for you, Leia. Yes. When was the last time, or have you ever tried Android? And then two, what would it take for you to switch? Ooh, um, I would say as long as I'm working here, I will not switch. <laughs> but That's a good answer. I mean, I the last time I so I always keep um, not always keep I when I travel internationally, I mm. usually take an unlocked Android phone with me. Um, I went to China in December 2016 and I brought the Samsung Galaxy S6 the one with the curved edges Mike what's that one called uh well it was the the S6 edge or the S7 edge it was the S- I'm not sure it was which the, it was the 6 edge okay um and it was a it was a nice phone um I liked it I liked the size um it was I kind of I thought the curved edges were Neat. I don't didn't think it like added anything to my experience, but it, yeah, it, it looked nice. Um, yeah. It was a bit smaller than, or a good deal smaller than um, the Seven Plus, which is like my daily driver. Um, but I liked the phone. You know, it, it took a couple of days to to get used to the interface and like remember where I had like stashed things and um, that phone. 
I don't think had like a fingerprint to unlock feature or if it did, I didn't set it up. So I was just going through a passcode. So for me, that was the most annoying thing was like, yeah. uh, passcode. And I set up a different passcode than my iPhone one. So like, you know, what, what, <laughs> that's nothing to do with the phone. That was just like me as the user. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, I missed like the familiarity of the yeah. iPhone. Um, but the first, my first experience with it, an Android phone was years and years ago when I went to uh, Mobile World Congress for the first time in Barcelona. I brought an unlocked Samsung Galaxy Note 2. And this was like, I think the iPhone 5 had just came out around that time. So I, Apple was not in the like big phone mm. space yet. And I loved using that phone. I loved mm-hmm. like having the um essentially like the camera display to be that big i could really like zoom in and see what i was doing like photo wise i loved like watching video on it like and all the games i was playing like everything was just i thought better on a bigger screen i was like i can't wait for apple to to come out with something this big and when i came home i like it was kind of a bummer going back to my iphone and i really thought about switching so that i could have a bigger phone so I kind of was like switching back and forth between the two, but I've never really used one as my like daily driver for more than like two, three weeks at a time. Yeah. Do you take a Android phone overseas because of the, the dual SIM or the storage? Um, what's the reason why um, um, specifically overseas? So for China, I just didn't want to bring my own device okay. overseas for security reasons. So bought an unlocked phone and like bought a new SIM card when I got there. Got um, for when I travel to Europe, I all, I bring my other phone too, and I just keep it like you know I, on either on airplane mode or like I turn off all cellular okay. and everything. But I just like to buy a local SIM card so that I can use the phone for navigation and things like that. And I could do okay. it on I could do it on my own phones, which I normally buy unlocked, but for whatever reason I like having one phone just set up as my like regular phone and then the SIM card in in another phone. And you know, it's it is fun to like try out different phones. I normally sure. like before I go um I ask whoever our like Android editor is like, oh, what can you, what can I borrow? What can I take? And I get to try it out and then bring yeah. it back. And it's, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to like test out new things. Well, we're lucky yep. in that regard. Yeah, we are. I know that's a, you know, not the case for everybody, but um, yeah. So what would it, what would it take to get me to switch? I don't know. I'm really happy with the iPhone. So if it, if they got rid of, if I hate not having a home button on the 10 yeah, and if that's how Apple goes, forever like i don't know that might be kind of a deal breaker of a feature so i don't know well Well, then there's eight that's why there's the eight but if they discontinue it in future generations so you mean at the physical just get rid of the physical whole bunch yeah i mean there's not a ton of android phones left that have it i know they're they're few and far between Mm -hmm. yeah there's a couple of them but um that's going away too yeah so the answer is i don't know so, Dan, are you going to stick with this for a couple of weeks until the iPhone 10 pre-order and then you get to try or you're not going to do that at all? I am going to hold on to this, try it out. Okay. I think, you know, when the 10 comes out and, you know, we've done our reviews and, you know, I'll see what see how the feeling is. Okay. And then you know, I have a feeling 
that I might go to the eight because okay. the specs are so similar as far as like you know the processor wise yeah. that you know you're yep. not going to feel like you're you're behind. Um, but then you still get a lot of that. You know, the only thing I wish is that the regular sized uh, eight had the dual camera on the back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but the eight's a good phone. Uh, it's a really good phone. I was yeah. really impressed with it. So we'll see. So you like ultimately you like the smaller better than the uh, bigger screen. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you look at the Pixel Two? Would you consider that? Um, That's a five and five inch screen. Yeah, I'm curious about the Pixel Two. John, our our boss, has it, and I know you're getting it right. I have the small one. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe when one of that when that frees up, maybe I'll I'll give that one a shot. <laughs> And Mike, you're working on a piece comparing the Pixel 2 to the iPhone 8 right now, yeah? Yeah, um, it's um, tentatively titled Five Reasons to Buy the Pixel 2 over the iPhone 8 and Five Reasons Not to. Okay. So I'm looking at um, why you would consider, because they're very similarly priced and they have you know relatively similar specs if you compare. So why you would want a Pixel 2 over an iPhone 8 and why you would want an iPhone 8 over a Pixel 2. And there's some there's some compelling reasons to get a Pixel too. Can you give it's us like good, it's a good little phone? Can you give us a sneak peek? On yeah, I'll, I'll give you one 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 pro for yeah. each. So reason to buy the iPhone eight is the design. The Pixel two is just the small one. I think is just straight up ugly. Oh no! It has it has like a really big top and bottom bezel. That it's just, I mean, there, there are there are stereo speakers there, so it kind of takes visually away from the just the plainness of it. But um, it's just, it's it's very 2015, and like you know, the iPhone has pretty big bezels too. But there's the home button, and there's the the speaker receiver that that kind of t- uh, takes away visually. And Apple has the curved glass on the edge, and the you know the the Pixel is just just flat. And it's just a big chunky phone, you know. There's, it's just it's way bigger than it should be. So that that's the small one. The and the 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 bigger Pixel, um, it's a little nicer, but it's still not. It's just not an iPhone eight or, a, you know, I, I I'm not counting the iPhone ten because that's that's a bit more expensive. But just you know, comparing the the eight to the Pixel, it's just not. It's just not there. Apple has has the, has the design beat. You know, no no. There's there's just no comparison. And a reason to get the Pixel 2, as uh, Dan just pointed out, is the camera. It um, It's the same camera on both phones. And um, it's only, I say only, but um, it's only 12.2 megapixels and the aperture of f1.8. But Google is doing some amazing stuff behind the scenes to get your pictures just incredible in, in low light and in um, using um, just all, you know, all, all these different algorithms and, and machine learning and now they they haven't even turned on this um, this new Pixel Visual Core processor that they built specifically for the Pixel and specifically for the camera that's going to do all these tricks. So the the camera is just just remarkable what they can do with a single lens. And you know th- there's even like like a portrait mode that you know it's kind of hit or miss. But when it gets it right, it's as good as the iPhone 8 Plus. Oh. And you're you know it's a it's a five inch screw and you don't have to buy the bigger one to get the better camera. So um, for 650 bucks, you can get a one of the best cameras that you can get inside of a smartphone. Not a bad price. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's a good price. So of all Android phones, since you've played with a lot, 
what would you recommend Apple users if they were to switch or if they were to try out one? If you want the best Android experience, meaning that you're not concerned about the design, you're just looking strictly at software, the Pixel 2 uh, is no question. I mean, the, it's, it's, it's fast, it's, it looks great, um, it's, it's, it's completely optimized for the phone and for the camera and everything. So, you know, it's, it's, it's Google end-to-end. -end. So for Android Oreo, uh, the Pixel, no question. If you want the best-looking phone, my favorite is either the Samsung Note 8 or the Samsung S8 Plus. Mm. Um, the Note 8, they're, they're very similar. The Note 8 is a little bit taller. It's 6.3 inches, and, and you get the pen. And the um, the S8 Plus is 6.2 inches, and you know it's you don't get a pen. But the Note 8 has <laughs> has dual cameras. But uh, the Note 8 is 930 dollars, so it's a little bit pricey. The uh, the S8 Plus you can probably get for now for under under 800, I would think. Okay. So both a little so pricey, but you know. It, you know they're both they're, they're both expensive, but yeah, the the Note is really expensive. So those would be my my two picks right now. Cool. Good tips. Um, just as a reminder, we are live on Facebook and Twitter. So if you're watching, feel free to chime in with a question or any comments you want to add to the conversation. Um, just tell drop me us my a Android note. opinions are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> tell Mike how much he, his opinion is wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, there's two things on Twitter and they're just comments. Um, R Train says the iPhone X may be the perfect size. Mm -hmm. That's and a good I point. Agree with that. And yeah. Hooper Nick says it's a shame Apple only puts the coolest features on the largest displays. Yes, Definitely. agreed. Yeah. Agreed on both of those fronts. Yeah, they've been doing that for, for a couple of years now. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's it's just not cool. I yeah. mean, they used to get the same processor and stuff, but, you know, there's just a little more on the, you shouldn't have to decide between other anything other than just the screen size, I T think. Totally. Um, like, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Mike. Oh, I was just going to say the, the iPhone 10. I mean, I haven't held one in my hand, but yeah, that's form factor and screen size looks perfect. Yeah. So speaking of the iPhone 10, our next topic um, just quickly is about Face ID. Um, came out in the news this week that um, Apple responded to some questions that Senator Al Franken had about uh, Apple's security um, measures that they took with um, Face ID. So um, Apple responded... Um, just to kind of like reassure everybody that they have taken security um, measures into, con into consideration with um, building it. And Cynthia Hogan, who is Apple's VP of public policy, um, responded with some information about that. So uh, for, before we kind of go into what she said, um, Mike and Dan, did you guys have any concerns about face ID and security? Um, not, not security. I mean, Apple for the last, you know, as long as I can remember, security has been their number one concern with these phones, whether, I mean, they, they fought the FBI over unlocking the phone for the, the, uh, San Bernardino shooter. So, I mean, that's, that's when, whenever they design any of these biometrics, that's their number one. I mean, they, they, they built that secure enclave with touch ID to make sure that no one could get their hands on your fingerprints. Mm -hmm. Apple pay doesn't send your credit card. I mean, they, they were, you know, they were at the front of all V security measures. 
So I don't think that um, Face ID A will um, leak out any information, and I also don't think it's going to be as spoofable as people think it could be. I think they're they're putting a lot of effort into it. I mean, let's face it: if they ship a product that somebody can hold up a picture or a 3D image and it unlocks, they're going to get a hell for it. They know this. I mean, it's in Congress. I mean, how many phones go be you know how many phones do senators talk about? I mean, this is it, you know Apple has to take this stuff seriously. Yeah, they're they're selling to hundreds of millions of people a year, and I'm not concerned about the security aspect at all. Yeah, and Apple wanted to reiterate that um, yeah. with this uh, letter that they issued. So it kind of uh, goes over. Things that they already wrote in, um, they released like a white paper about all of their like security measures and more about how the technology works. Um, so they say uh, face ID data, including mathematical representations of your face, is encrypted and only available to the secure enclave. The data never leaves the device. It's not sent to Apple, nor is it included in device backups. Face images captured during normal unlock operations aren't saved, but are instead immediately discarded once the mathematical representation is calculated for comparison to the enrolled face ID data. Yeah, I mean, it, especially when they kind of announced at the beginning, is it's more accurate and secure than your fingerprint, mm-hmm. is what they're mm-hmm. claiming. So, I mean, I'm not concerned. I feel like, you know, if you're drunk... You're probably, you know, your eyes would be closed maybe, so you're less likely for someone to unlock your phone. Right. You know, can fingerprints, you know, be taken off a, you know, like a glass, like you see in like, you know, Mission Impossible, you know? So does yeah. is it any worse? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is if somebody wants to go through all those measures, they're going to get inside your phone. Sure. But it will take some effort and yes. uh, it shouldn't be like on the top of everybody's concerns list. Um, the So yeah, it's going to be stored the information. It's going to be handled much like, like exactly like how Touch ID yeah. works. And so right. you should be able to use, much like you can use Touch ID to um, like complete purchases or like unlock things or sign in on third-party apps. You should be able to do the same with Face ID. Mm-hmm. But via the API, like that information, your biometric data is like not going to be shared with any of the third party app developers or anything like that. I'm also, I'm interested to see how, you know, how accurate you need to be holding your phone. Like for Mm -hmm. now, like you can be, you know, you just take it out and you just touch it and it doesn't matter. Like when I, um, when I pay for something, am I going to have to hold my phone like this and move it and so I'm interested to see, like with the with the Samsung um, Galaxy S8, they have a they have a Retina display, which I'm sorry, a, a Retina scanner, which is what I use because the fingerprint sensor is in a very an awkward spot. So I, I I use Retina, and there's two little circles on the screen, and you have to line up your eyes within mm. those circles, and it's you know it takes two seconds maybe, mm-hmm. but it's still sometimes if if it's on a table like I'm doing this to try to get <laughs> my phone to unlock. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious to see how Apple does that. And if it is where you don't have to look at it straight on. So let's say I get arrested and a police officer takes my phone and he wants to find out what's in it. Can he just kind of flash the phone up and I mean like surprisingly look at it and then it'll unlock. Like that's, that's an, that, that's a, I don't know if it's a fear I have, but I'm curious to see how all that works. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I mean, 
we'll have to see like how close you have to be to the phone. Yeah. Um, I mean, in that case, like if you close your eyes. Yeah, they said that your eyes need to be open. Right. But if somebody flashes a phone at you to unlock it. And you're not it, expecting it. Yeah. yeah. Like will it automatically unlock or does it take to have to be still for a couple of seconds? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. As to, I mean, we'll test it out in all sorts of situations. But I'm interested to see like or if you're in a dark room, how does mm-hmm. it work? Mm-hmm. You know. Assuming you've set it up in a, in a room with relative brightness, or in even in like super bright sunlight, if you're at the beach, how does it work? You know, how yeah. how accurate is it? Maybe it'll be a, a setting so that if you make a face, it'll require a pin lock. <laughs> Maybe. So you just gotta give it a little wink. Give it a wink, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, they they could do that. Uh, uh, Phil Schiller or Craig Federici, I don't remember who. Someone said that um, you you if you double tap the side button or if you hold the side, I forget what it was that it would disable it and you would mm. need a pin to unlock it. So uh-huh. if you're in a, a situation where you think somebody might try to force you to unlock your phone, there is a way to disable it. Cool. Um, so another thing that came up in the letter um, is that the, like kind of how Apple went about um, like training the, the neural network Um so it used Apple used approximately a billion, one billion images um, of people. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily like one billion different faces. Yeah, because that's but, you know what one seventh of the world. Yes. <laughs> so and then uh, Senator Franken had had concerns about like where where did this database come from? And Apple said it was like all. All of the users, like in its network, um, had consented to their photos being used, like for this reason. I don't know, like where Apple got this pool, but um, it was completely. It was like an opt-in type thing. Everybody, when we, when we install iOS ten yeah. point three, we all, <laughs> by we all the cons- way, <laughs> I mean, you know, it could be hidden in the TOS somewhere, but yeah. I, I don't think that's what they did. Shutterstock, um, yeah. <laughs> So everybody consented to be, uh, to, to that. Um, and then Apple claims that it looked at a representative group of people. So it doesn't say like the numbers of everybody, but, um, their response says we worked with participants from around the world to include a representative group of people accounting for gender, age, ethnicity, and other factors. We augmented the studies as needed to provide a high degree of accuracy for a diverse range of users. So they've been, they've put the the steps in place to like be very thoughtful about face ID being able to recognize people all across the spectrum. So Again, we'll be like putting that to the test when it comes out, but um, it's great to hear and see proof of like how they're going about building up this network. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. You know, it's going to be um, it's going to be the number one feature that people want to know about with mm-hmm. this. I mean, it's like every review, every question, every the first thing you're going to do when you walk into a store is you know try to try it out. Like I'm sure they'll have kiosks or people that say like that let you set it up and then, you know, they just delete it for the next person because sure. that's, that's going to be the feature you need to try out. Definitely. Before you uh, buy one. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how Apple handles that in the stores because they couldn't really do it on like just the, you know, there's like the table of all the iPhones that are out there. Um, they probably would have to have 
somebody like designated to one or two yeah. phones to like help set up face ID because mm. then you'd have to like, yeah, that would just be too complicated on it. Yeah. On right. You'd have to set it up device. and quickly erase right. it, I guess. Yeah. 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 So on Facebook, uh, Alexander says uh, he is going to miss the Touch ID. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. And then on on Twitter, a reflectionist says, "What if you don't consciously want to unlock the iPhone and you accidentally do that? Is that a possibility?" Yeah, that, that's a yeah. good question too. Like if you just pick up your phone to look at the to look at your lock screen, will it unlock? If you accidentally press the button to turn it, I don't know. There's a lot of mm-hmm. questions I have. Yeah. I'm sure Apple or I hope Apple has gone through all of these scenarios. Because if I unlock my phone every time I pick it up, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because sometimes I just want to use like that quick launch just to yeah. get to like a podcast that's sure. playing and, and, and play mm-hmm. it or, or whatever. And then if you unlock it, you're away from that screen. Yeah. Right. So there could be Control some... Control center, is that what you mean? Yeah. Swiping up from the bottom? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Or just look at a notification and not necessarily mm-hmm. open the phone to read just to see what it is. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see you soon, I think. When we get ours in February. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. once they finally ship. Um, yeah. And our oh, trainer so nice. actually says, accidentally pay for something using Face ID? <laughs> Ooh, maybe. I mean, <laughs> you would have to take an awful lot of steps to get to that point where you could accidentally buy something. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Or your kids steal your phone and flash your face to buy uh, more, you know, buy something on the app store. Clever kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to try that out, too. <laughs> yeah. Look over here real quick. Yeah, just real quick. Uh. <laughs> I just bought a whole bunch more gems. Yep. <laughs> Give me the gems. Okay. Um, so another, the biggest, like, tech news story this week, just generally speaking, is the crack wi-fi exploit so mike you um helped do some of the reporting for our faq over on pc world yeah. right do you want to briefly yeah. get us up to speed on what that is and why we should care about it well first off it's one of the worst acronyms ever written yeah it really is <laughs> crack with it a k people key, <laughs> yeah it's uh, they, they they don't they understand about uh acronyms it's called for key Key reinstallation attack, but the A and the oh C and God. the K are all inside of attack. So, so but what it is is it's um when you sign on to a, a, a Wi-Fi, when a device signs on to a, a secure Wi-Fi network that you know it, it already knows your password, there's there's four steps that it takes to, to do that, and it's all happens with you know instantaneously. But um there's a exploit and it's not within iPhones or Android phones, it's with every, within pretty much every device on um where it was where on the third step of that of that process, it was like repeating it and or it is repeating it. So if somebody within your network that was either in your house or, or outside your house or, or in this, uh, using the same network that you are, they would be able to kind of grab information from your device. So if you're sending something that isn't on a secure site they would be able to grab that website or that information and use it. Now, this is a very specific pointed attack. Most, you know, there's, there's no evidence that it has been actually used against anybody. And it would have to be someone who is, who really has it out for you. I mean, it's not something that someone can just, you know, they can't hack you from, they, they, they can't hack you remotely. 
they, they have to be on your network and they have to be, you know, set up to, to grab this information as it flies by. And, you know, it's unlikely to affect anybody, but it was, it's a pretty big deal because when we set up a WPA2 network in our house, we, you know, we think it's secure and it should be secure. Mm-hmm. It should be as, you know, once you type in that password and if you don't give anyone else your password, that's it. It's your, your devices are secure and no one else can crack into them. And they can't. They can't use it to crack into the devices, but they can get the, the data that you're sending, some of which could be very secure. If you're sending, you know, a text message with your social security number or something, you know, the, 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 there are secure things that are sent. So this was found. And, you know, Apple has already said that in uh, iOS 11.1, I guess it is, or maybe 0.04. I don't remember which one. But the next um, the next beta it, it, it's they're they're going to fix mm-hmm. it. Google's doing the same thing for Android phones, mm-hmm. and um, various router makers are doing the same things to uh, you know to to plug the hole in their in their routers as well. But you know it's it's still it's a scary it's a scary thing to think that our data, our information is you know constantly at risk. Yeah. You know we we trust so much to the our iPhones and our Macs and our um, you know everything. Like we do I do all my banking. I do all my everything. I bought my house on my computer <laughs> practically. So, you know, to think that, you know, and this brings up the same thing with that, uh, ex- the, the Experian attack and, you know, various credit cards, Target and TJ Maxx, like, you know, our, our data is constantly under attack and this is going to keep happening. You know, we're somebody is going to find this, th- this, this wasn't an attack per se. It was, you know, the, was what, what could have been an attack. Yeah. But Mike, so, uh, yes, I mean, you know, I know I have a lot of enemies, but you know, how, do you know how many enemies you actually have? I don't. See, I could be making right. more right now as, <laughs> as we do this podcast. I was thinking, my upstairs neighbors, if they get mad that my dog barks during the day when we're yeah. gone, which he certainly does, uh, they might want to because they can f- figure out which network is ours. You know, by process of elimination, probably. Well, Hoopernick kind of gives a good example, um, and that is. What about like at Starbucks or at a hotel? Yes. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you right now, do not do anything related to your sensitive data when you're at Starbucks or a hotel. Just do simple web, web browsing because those are, you know, those are dangerous anyway, because those are generally wide open. Even, you know, you're typing in a, a password at a hotel, but there's still everyone has that same password. There, those are op- those are pretty much open networks. So you got to be extremely careful with what you do when you're using those, Wi-Fi, unless you're plugged in using those uh, wireless networks. Mm-hmm. And usually the passwords are like Holiday Inn guest or something right. very, very, uh, very easy like to a frappuccino. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Leah kind of has a personal story about the exploit. You know, like should we be doing anything? Um, you know. Ha- how worried should should we should we really be? So yeah, I wasn't too worried. Um, I was just thinking, okay, like Apple and um, Microsoft and Google, they're working on updates to their programs, which will like patch the issue. So I'll just wait for those updates, and it'll be no big deal. Um, and I, you know, got home, and my boyfriend got home like an hour after I did, and he like flings the front door open and like runs to the office i'm like what is your problem he's like i have to update the router right now to patch this crack thing because it's so bad and blah 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 and i you know he's a software engineer and he 
he takes these things very seriously, which you should. I mean, it is a it is a problem. Um, so if you are at a place where you can update, if there is an update for your router, um, that is something I would recommend doing. I probably would not have thought of it had. Well, I mean, our, our article on PC World mentioned that that's something you could do. I wasn't going to do it. But now that it has been done, it was like, yeah, okay, that was probably a, a good idea. Um, is yeah. there anything else that we can do in the meantime while we're waiting for these patches? I mean, you can keep keep checking your uh, your iPhone and your iPad and your whatever your uh, V thirty phone if you have one. Yeah, and and you know when the when the latest update arrives, just to make sure that it's been installed. If you have automatic updates on, or if you don't, then to just to promptly do it. What what made this so scary is that it was like everything. I mean, yeah, you, your yeah. Apple TV, your, yeah. if you have, we have a Roku and an Apple TV. So we were right. like checking the, checking for like software yeah. and device updates on those. And uh, like our Nest Cam, we were like, how do you update mm-hmm. the software on the Nest Cam? Seriously. So yeah, everything in your house that like can have a connection, um, just keep an eye out for yeah. updates and patch it when you can. So and, uh, Apple has confirmed that uh, it's all of their uh, iOS, tvOS, mm-hmm. macOS, and uh, watchOS will be um, fixed with, within, I guess, weeks. Yeah. When- so then I think the, the real thing is, is, you know, your boyfriend must have, a lot of enemies. If he was, he's scared. got so many enemies. So, so many I mean, enemies. You better ask him about that. Yeah, he's. You got some explaining to do. He's keeping something from me. Yeah. <laughs> How many ex-wives does he have? I don't know. That you don't know about. Yeah, well. <laughs> and what what made this more frustrating is that um, when you 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 couldn't change your password to fix it, like to mitigate the attack at all, or not 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 the attack to to mitigate the possibility that somebody could use it to attack you. Um, usually with a credit card or something like you can change your password and at least stop it there. Yeah. But, um, this or get one a, didn't matter. cancel the credit card. Get times and it, it was before it was a different type of, um, a different, it, 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 it the, the hole was, wasn't related to your password. So, but it's good yeah. that there are people that are constantly on vigilant and looking for these exploits and holes and vulnerabilities and alerting us. And, um, you know, the more we find out, the safer we'll get. Totally. You know, there's going to be, you know, six months from now, there's going to be like cracked to the sequel and it'll be something else. But, you know, we'll hopefully by stays. then they'll have a better acronym. for <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm just going to switch uh, all my stuff to cash only. And go to physical banks yep. to mm-hmm. to do all my money transfers, mm-hmm. savings. You know, dig a hole in the backyard. Well, I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you. I'm not gonna tell you where I stash. Come on, <laughs> you know, just saying. That's like the a most insecure. Stash. If I told told everyone on the <laughs> on this podcast listening where I hide all my money, that's it's like, not that's the least secure I could get. Not buried. We, we all come over with shovels. <laughs> yeah. Um. So nothing else that we can do in the meantime. Just patch our patch the stuff up yeah, as just, it becomes available. Keep your, keep your things as up to date. Microsoft said that they already released a patch, and Apple is, and Google is. So, you know, they're they're all coming. But uh, yeah, just stay vigilant with um, security updates. Yep. Yep. So a couple more, like you know, just little Hot topics. Potch. Oh, yeah, to finish up this hodgepodge of an episode, um, was it ZTE? The yeah, ZTE Axon M 
is out this week, and that is another Android-based phone. ZTE isn't super big in the U.S. They're big in China and overseas, um, but their new Axon M is they are calling it the first smartphone with a foldable screen. Um, And interestingly enough, Apple filed a patent a little while ago for a device with a foldable screen. So... The way what this actually what this looks like, it's not a complete screen that you can just it's not like taking your iPhone 8 plus and like folding it in half like Ben Gate a little while ago. Um, it kind of looks more of it's like a dual screen kind of device, yeah. like your Nintendo DS, if you will, that um, has a hinge in the middle and you can fold it together, open it up. Um, you can have like a continuous display between the two screens, or you can have like certain things on one screen and certain things on the other screen. And um, yeah, Apple filed a patent for something similar. So do we think that there's going to be a foldable iPhone in our future? Is this something that the people want? I mean, I <laughs> maybe, I mean, right now, it, the technology just isn't there. I mean, the, the ZTE Axon, Axon M, which is a weird name. Axon M, yeah. Axon M. I mean, it's it's one of those things where they can just say, yeah, we did it before mm-hmm. everybody else. You know, maybe it'll sell big in China. Um, but it's, you know, it's 12 millimeters thick. I mean, this is a, a thick phone. Yeah. But it's but it, it's an interesting concept. You know, they... The, the the idea of it's it's kind of like a like a flip phone for touchscreens, it's it's you know you you open it up and you can use both sides but there's a there's also a, a gap in the middle when you use it. If Apple does it, it wouldn't be for I mean years. I mean we're talking probably 2022 because <laughs> they're not going to release a phone that isn't you know designed to their specifications, which is as thin. And as light as possible, and we're just not quite there yet. I don't think. And I don't think they would ever release a device that has a clear like hinge yes. break in the I, middle and right. expect It'll you be to like be using. A, you open it up, and it's it's a seamless yeah screen, right? Yeah, which I mean, that's that's way down the line. But uh, Samsung is rumored to release something um, next year that with with some kind of a foldable screen, like almost like a like a proof of concept phone. So, you know. We'll see. I mean, that's what's cool about Android is that these companies can do, you know, interesting things with it. And, you know, they don't have to worry about, I guess, sales because <laughs> I can't imagine how many people are going to buy this this ZTE phone. But like I said, it's interesting. It's cool. You know, people will want to look at it if they can if they can find one. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine it being useful or valuable to anyone yeah. not kind of playing games, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so. Gaming, obviously, with a DS, you can do two two things on both screens. Um, but then, like you know, I'm playing this this one game uh, called that's a Rick and Morty game. But I always have mm-hmm. to like look, I always have to have this page open to see what type of Mortys there are and and what like if they're rock paper mm-hmm. scissors type. Is this like the Pocket Mortys? Pocket game? Mortys, yeah. yeah. So so I always have to keep tabbing out to that page. But if I could just have that page open on the other screen, mm-hmm. then you know. I, there's some, you know, some, some tricks there, right? Yeah. yeah. Or if you have the phone like in landscape mode and if it's a big phone, 
if you always have like the keyboard on the bottom screen and you're using your like stylus to kind of scroll on the top screen, like hmm, that could be interesting. Maybe maps yeah. when you're driving, you know, directions. So like on one, prop it. Direct directions on one side and then the map on the other side. Oh, you know? maybe. Yeah, yeah. sure. Sure. Yes, for a, for a dual screen applications, it definitely helps. But I mean, the one thing is that we're kind of reaching saturation with screen size. Like, I don't know how much bigger That's these true. phones can get. So they shouldn't get much bigger because yeah. we're already I mean, running note, out of pocket space. I don't have it in front of me, but the, the Note Eight is six point three inches, and that is that's Huge. about as much as I can handle. I mean, that's big. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that more companies will get into those experiment with how to fold these displays with the next generation of smartphones. But as far as Apple goes, I think we're a bit of a bit, bit of a ways off. I think we're going to have a lot of notch, notch phones for a while before we get there. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I don't, yeah, I don't know too. how much I want a foldable phone. I don't think anyone is clamoring no. for folding phones. But yeah, it is cool to see what other people are doing. Yeah. Okay, and our last mini topic, uh, the latest Sonos just came out, which is the Sonos. Oh my god, I don't have the, I don't have it in front of me. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the the Sonos One. Oh, okay. The Sonos One is out, um, and it is compatible with Alexa, but not anything else at the moment but aren't sonos devices going to be getting some kind of like siri compatibility down the line yeah that's what they say siri and also google assistant um at some point so yeah but yeah right now it's the the shipping version now is um just alexa or amazon whatever so is this a kind of a sneak peek of maybe what the homepod experience could be like I mean, yeah, it certainly seems that way. I mean, Sonos, Sonos is very Apple-y mm-hmm. in the way they, they approach their products. I, my, my whole sound system is Sonos, and I love it. I wouldn't give it up for anything. I have a play bar and the, the, the Play One speakers surround sound with the subwoofer. And, I mean, setup's a breeze, updating's a breeze. It sounds amazing. It's just awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm intrigued by the, by the Sonos One. If for no other reason than it works with my system and it works with um, all the different assistants or will at some point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, this I didn't expect this to happen so quickly, but we seem to be immediately entering the era of, like, high-fidelity assistants. Totally. Yeah, Apple is coming out with their HomePod and Google Google has their uh, Google Home Max and Sonos. Oddly enough, Sonos is, is significantly cheaper at $200. It's... Um, it's 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 way less than uh, uh, HomePod and uh, the Google the Google Home one. Yeah, how can they keep their price so low when the sound quality is so high? Yeah, I don't, it's it's an interesting question because Sonos they're not cheap. I mean, their their Play Bar is seven hundred dollars, and oh, the yeah. subwoofer that's, is the same. I mean, so but they, <laughs> this one is for some reason. I'm not. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool that they're able to um, create a, a speaker that's com- that's competitive. Yeah. Do you think yeah, I, they're assuming that people are going to buy this as an addition to all of the other Sonos products they have? Uh, probably, but it does. It seems to work on its own just as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how prevalent Sonos is in homes. Like, I'm not sure what their numbers are as far as their reach goes. So this could be like an entry-level thing where they're showing people, like, if you like amazon echo you'll hear try this it's a little bit better quality and it's a little bit you know a little it does, does a few more things 
Um, I, I don't know. It's interesting to have one box that does everything. I, I have, um, I'm quite the opposite. I have an echo in my living room and I have a Google home in my bedroom because I don't like to mix them. Like if I'm in one room, I don't want, I, like I, I, I'm for, I don't know why, what it is about me, but I just want to have one thing there. Interesting. And I don't, I, I don't want to overlap. Well, I guess you don't like need more than one in each room. Yeah, I mean, they do different things. Like I, I, I use Alexa to control my lights and I use Google Home for mo- more of my personal stuff mm-hmm. like calendars and music. But um, when you uh, yeah. when you go from one room to the next, do you do you <laughs> feel like you're cheating on one? Of them? <laughs> I do. I do have to remember. Some sometimes I call Google Home Alexa. <laughs> oh, rude! Mm. Do you say like? like do you say Alexa, stop listening? And she remembers. Wait, and then, hey Google. <laughs> I, when I when I go back to Alexa, sometimes she doesn't turn on my lights in the first try. So mm-hmm. we, we we have to get back on speaking terms sometimes. <laughs> But you know the 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 home the home based speaker I think is I think I I don't think it's a gimmick I think it's definitely I think Amazon hit on something that everyone is you know following with uh, Echo I think it's I think it's useful I think that's the best place for it whereas you know walking around and saying Hey Siri is is that that you know every now and again I use that but when I'm home I do it all the time I have I mean I have uh, I have one of those Halloween um, projectors outside and I, I use it to control that i mean oh, I, cool. I hook up everything that i can possibly hook up to alexa it's awesome nice. so yeah i think i think HomePod will be useful and i think the sonos one i mean it's it's hard to say if they're i, I guess they're competitors i mean it's 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 hard to say they're 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 very different um companies and they're very different products mm-hmm Whereas Apple's really targeting the high end and Sonos has made more of a speaker for everyone. I don't know. I'm interested to see. I mean, I don't even know how many people really follow this stuff. Do they even know HomePod's coming out? Good question. I yeah. I don't know. Uh, are any of our viewers, uh, are you excited about the HomePod coming out? Let us know. Um, yeah, if you're like in the know and you follow tech news, you're probably keeping an eye on what's going on with HomePod, you know, regardless of if you're planning on getting it or not. But um, yeah, I don't know anybody that didn't like catch the WWDC keynote or that like seeks this stuff out. They might not even really know that Apple has one on the works. They've been, they've been quiet about it. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Amazon just released, they have a whole, they have like a whole family of Echo or Alexa devices now. There's a lot of competition in this space and you don't necessarily need Siri right. to do things with your iPhone. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see where they take this, what they do with it and how many, you know, if people care about um, fidelity when it comes to home speakers, does it matter? Well, I don't know. Simon in the UK says it sounded and looked great and he saw mm-hmm. a demo. Um, Agreed. Yeah, me personally, I, I like the idea of not being locked into any of them. Um, you know, because if you buy one and then, you know, there's so many players out there, like, you know, will is it really space for all three? You know, or will, you know, two of them, you know, push out and, and just be the one, the lone survivors? And this just kind of keeps you open to that, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I do wish there was some, like, possibility of standardization, but I don't see that happening. I mean, Amazon's its own thing. Apple has its own thing, and Google has its own thing. And never the the thrain shall meet. I don't think. Yeah, but I think I think yeah. 
the competition between the three, once we the market gets crowded, more crowded, they're just going to be trying to add more and more features and make these things better and better. So it could be. Yeah, if you're, so we, we win. We win, especially yeah. if you're not like tied down to any one ecosystem, if you're open to any of these three platforms, like you just yeah. get to pick the coolest one. So. And, you know, a lot of them are cheap. And I'm like the Google Home Mini is 50 bucks. The Amazon, the Echo Dot. I just bought an Echo Dot from my six-year-old son in his room. No fun. He says, he says Alexa, turn off the lights in my room. <laughs> I mean, they're cheap enough where you can just, it's like an impulse buy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, well, I mean, HomePod isn't, but the other ones are. So if you, you can, you can kind of try out Assistant and you can try out Alexa and even, the, even the, the Sonos. I mean, that's a great Christmas present. It's $200. It does, you know, it's a great sounding speaker from what, um, Mike Brown uh, on, on TechHive wrote, said that it was the best that he's heard in a smart speaker. The Sonos brand plays very nicely with Apple stuff. I mean, they, they it, it, it integrates and, and hooks up, you know, instantly. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. All right. I think that wraps up. This episode of the Macworld podcast, um, thank you to everybody on Twitter and on Facebook who joined us today and for all of your comments. I'd like to thank Dan Masaoka for producing our show today. Pushing and buttons. Pushing buttons. You call him and a- Android Dan Masaoka. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Mike Simon. Thank you. And thanks, thanks me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, And uh, Roman, we miss you, but we'll catch you next week. And you can join us next week. We were starting a little late today, but hopefully we'll be back at our normal time next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And that's it. All right. Thanks, everybody. 